Well, good afternoon, everybody. Well, thanks for joining me today. As usual, we have a lot to talk about. Of course, we're down here in Texas, in East Texas, we're trying to recover from a series of storms, and uh, we're going all the way back to March, where we had snow and ice, and then April, it rained almost the entire month, and so far, we're going to have a couple of died, dry days in May. We uh, had a tornado go right over our heads uh, here in my little town in East Texas, and hit a little town called Van, about 14 miles away. Kill two people and destroy about a third of the town. So you need to keep the people of Ann in your prayers. We also, uh, when it went over our house, it took out my greenhouse completely and took down a couple of trees. And then all of the water, all the rain, caused a big oak tree in our front yard, about 100 years old, just to fall the other day. came right out of the ground. And so we're hoping to dry out a little bit. We're getting, but a month ago, we were suffering from a drought, or about two months ago. And the lakes were down all around the Dallas area, all here in East Texas. It was serious drought condition. Now we're suffering from flooding. So that shows you how much rain we've gotten in parts of Texas. But we have another big problem in Texas that I'm going to talk about today. And it's a problem that's going to keep getting worse, I'm afraid. And that is the problem with illegals, and illegal aliens, and that's what they are. They're not undocumented workers. They're not undocumented immigrants. They're not political refugees. They're illegals that have crossed our border in unprecedented numbers and continue to do so. And with these illegals are not just the people supposedly coming here for a better life or people supposedly coming here to avoid political persecution in their countries, but terrorists, drug smugglers, gang members, and basically the President of the United States has said, not only let them in, but help them get here. Because they're not just coming across the Texas border. I'll get back to that in a minute. But we have this United Nations resettlement program for Middle Eastern refugees. And we're talking about people in Syria, people in Yemen. They are being put on planes and airlifted into the United States with not going through any of the process that you have to go through if you're trying to enter this country legally. If you're trying to enter this country legally, it's a long, drawn-out process. You have to be vetted. You have to have your background checked to make sure you're not a criminal or you've ever been affiliated with radical Islamic groups or other terrorist organizations. These people coming here from Somalia and Yemen and Syria have had no such vetting done. They are being taken at their word. We don't even know for sure who they are. They don't have to present any documentation showing their name or their place of birth. They're just being put on airplanes and they're being dumped into American cities and resettled. Now, once they get here, they're given free food free medical care, free housing, free education, free clothing. And if they want to work, which most of them don't want to, because why should they? But if they want to work, they're being given jobs that would ordinarily go to American citizens. We're not talking about a few hundred people here. We're talking about tens of thousands 
that have either already come in or are scheduled to come in. How many people of these, many of these people are terrorists? Well, how many does it take? If one out of every 500 is a terrorist, that's one too many. But the chances are it's probably closer to one out of every hundred or maybe even larger. If they're being brought into our cities and they're, if they're coming through South America or Central America, they're being allowed across the Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California borders with really nobody trying to stop them except the state authorities. Now, Texas has deployed National Guard members along the border and has, they've been, and the state militia members who have been working for several years down there trying to protect our border and trying to slow down at least as much as possible the illegals coming in. But it gets more complicated because the Border Patrol has been basically told, don't arrest anybody, don't detain anybody. Uh, gang members are being allowed in here. They have the tattoos on their faces and their arms indicating that they are gang members. They're being allowed in, and even if they can admit to having murdered people in their home country, Border Patrol is not allowed to deport them. They're allowed, just like all the others coming across our border, for the most part to be put on an airplane with no identification. All they have to have, they don't need picture ID like you or I have to have on an airplane. No background checks are done. They're being put on airplanes, and they're given a notice to appear. Now, this is a form that you can get on the Internet, and basically it's a notice to appear in immigration court somewhere down the road. could be two years down the road or more. I can print out one of these today, forge a signature of an alleged judge on there, and use it to get on an airplane. That's assuming people would look at me and think, well, this guy looks like he's come from the Middle East or come from Mexico or come from Guatemala. But it probably wouldn't be as easy for me now because I don't have gang tattoos. And I'm not a known criminal. But that's who we're letting in. That's the people who are being put into our country and coming across our southern border. Now, I think I've mentioned on the show before that I talked to one of the leaders of the militia, one of the militia groups has been down on the border for several years. Uh, they have been helping, trying to assist the Border Patrol and local sheriffs, county sheriffs, to slow down the flood. <clears throat> and they said that two years ago, the number of what they call OTMs, other than Mexicans, because it used to be primarily Mexicans that came across the border, People who lived in Mexico who were coming here for whatever reason, they came across our borders. Now you have the OTMs, the other than Mexicans. And they now, back two years ago, they constituted 60% of the people coming across the border. Many of them were from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, where there's a lot of gang activity, a lot of drug activity. But some of them were from Yemen, Somalia, Syria, even Iran in Iraq, and they estimated that they were probably intercepting about one out of every hundred of those, and I'm, I'm sorry, one out of every ten. Now they estimate that because of the open border policy, 
they are not intercepting even one out of every hundred. We know through the intelligence reports that I've seen that there are ISIS cells operating right across our border in Juarez, New Mexico. That's right across the border from El Paso. But these cells have been there and they, they are setting up and that they are preparing to launch attacks in El Paso around Fort Bliss, which is our second largest military base. And by the way, all of our military bases have been put under heightened security because they're expecting attacks to take place. And uh, the president doesn't seem to care, but wants to do these attacks. So you've got your heightened security, and you've got your threatened attacks, but we also have every reason to suspect that there are ISIS cells operating in this country. Now, some of them are made up of terrorists coming in from outside of... And some of them are being made up of people who have gone to join the terrorist groups or join the groups over here online or whatever and want to go out and kill Americans. And then their cells probably made up of a combination of two. Your lone wolves, locals, and your trained Islamic terrorist. The attack that took place in Garland, Texas, a couple of weeks ago. And I, you know, last week, if you listened to the show, you heard Emil Imani, a good friend of mine, who is a expert on Sharia law. He's originally from Iran. He knows Sharia law. He knows the threat of the Islamic Jihad. He knows the threat of Sharia law. He was at that meeting. He gave us an eyewitness account of what happened. Now, we had two homegrown Islamic terrorists show up at this meeting, which was a free speech meeting, to try to uh, push for freedom of speech for people to draw cartoons if they wanted to, and the cartoons about uh, the Prophet Muhammad. And Pamela Geller was a sponsor of it, and I don't, it doesn't matter whether or not you like Pamela Geller or not. The fact of the matter is, she had a right to do this, and the people who were there had a right to be there. This is the United States of America. She's being blamed for the terrorist attacks, not the terrorist. Uh, you had Chris Matthews of CNN, who's the resident village idiot for, or MSNBC, excuse me, for MSNBC, uh, openly coming out and blaming it all on her. I mean, it's like these poor jihadists were left with no choice. They had to do this because they were being goaded by people in this country who believe in freedom of speech. So it's all our fault that they had to launch an attack. How sick is that? But here's the thing that bothers me the most about that attack, is one of, at least one of these guys had been under the surveillance by the FBI for two years. They knew he, had, he was a supporter of ISIS. They knew he had been in contact with people in ISIS. They knew he was contemplating some kind of attack in this country. They even found out that he was going to a specific target a couple of days beforehand. Supposedly, they let the Garland police know. The Garland police, they never heard anything from the FBI. They were out there because they, they knew the possible danger, but they hadn't been alerted by the FBI. Yet this guy, who supposedly was under FBI surveillance, was able to, you know, FBI surveillance, I assume if you're under surveillance, you're put on the NICS list, National Institute of Criminal Background Checklist, and can't buy firearms legally in this country. 
I would assume that. I mean, you know, a veteran in this country, if he lets his wife pay his family bills or if he has his bills paid automatically, he's declared incompetent to handle his own financial affairs by the VA and put on the next list. Declared mentally ill to the point of being a danger to himself or others and put on the next list. We cannot legally purchase firearms. So why wasn't this guy on the next list? Or was he on the next list that he got the firearms from someplace else? It doesn't matter what the FBI was doing, which did not work. The terrorist attack took place, and thanks to the bravery of the Garland police, and specifically one officer who took both of these guys out with his pistol, thanks to him, we didn't have a slaughter in this country. We had a total breakdown in the system as far as following these guys and watching what they were doing. They were not only allowed to get semi-automatic weapons, they got body armor. And believe me, the semi-automatic weapons are easier to acquire, particularly if you're not on the next list, if you can go to get an AR-15 at Walmart. But the body armor, that's another matter entirely. And we'll talk right break some more about uh, how this might have happened. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. But why did this happen? Why was there a, a terrorist attack? How bet unsuccessful because of our local authorities, our, our people in Texas. But why was there a terrorist attack launched inside our own country when the person who led the attack, the person who orchestrated the attack, the person who apparently acquired the, acquired the weapons and body armor, was under FBI surveillance? Why was he allowed to do this stuff car and drive outside of Dallas and able to get close enough to launch an attack? I can tell you what my theory is. He was given pass because the Department of Homeland Security 
and the FBI is part of the Department of Homeland Security, as well as the Justice Department. The Department of Homeland Security is more interested right now in putting illegals in this country who have been granted an illegal and unconstitutional amnesty by Obama. They're more interested in putting them on the fast track to citizenship so that they will be able to vote in the 2016 election and help Democrats take back the Senate and help the Democrats elect Hillary Clinton as President of the United States. And you think Obama's bad? Hillary will be just as bad or worse if Obama even allows an election to take place. But the key is that the resources of the Department of Homeland Security, which is supposed to keep America safe, supposed to protect American lives, those resources are being diverted to help illegals in this country, to help people who have violated our laws. And, you know, they talk about there being three to five million of them. No, it's more like nine million because Obama has been, you know, giving out free passes to people that are coming across the border, and now we have several things that are about to happen probably in the next few days, uh, or something that's about to happen in the next few days is going to make matters even worse. A lot of the children who came here by themselves are in detention centers. Well, they call them detention centers. They're more like luxury apartments, and uh, they have... These are in the San Antonio area. But the mothers, and when mothers are there, they and their children are being kept there. And they are subject to being deported. They haven't been put on the fast track of citizenship yet, but a federal judge out in California has, has told the federal government they have to let them go and give them 30 days to prepare a plan. And guess what? The Obama administration didn't appeal that ruling. So they want them turned on the streets. These are more and more people that are going to be fed and housed in this country. Department of Homeland Security will be facilitating their resettlement into American communities. So Department of Homeland Security is not doing its job. It's not allowing the Border Patrol to do its job. It's not allowing the FBI to do its job. Department of Homeland Security is not interested in the security of the United States of America or its citizens. They are almost totally caught up right now in helping criminals. And these people are criminals. They violated our law by the very fact that they're here. And something like 68,000 convicted criminals, people who were in this country illegally, committed crimes, were sentenced to prison in this country, and who under the law are supposed to be deported the minute they serve their sentences out. They have not been deported. In fact, a lot of them have not even had to serve their sentences out. They have been released by the Justice Department and put back on our streets. And, of course, you can guarantee they're being given a fast track of citizenship, too. Even though most of them are convicted felons and can't legally ever vote, they're going to be given a chance to vote. We're giving out driver's licenses to these people. We're giving out Social Security numbers to these illegals. We're giving them everything they need to register to vote. Right now, you don't have to prove your citizenship in most states to register. All you have to do is present something because, you know, they, the idea was if you had a state-issued driver's license, you were a citizen. But now, you know, if you had a Social Security number, you're a citizen. Now they're giving out Social Security numbers and driver's licenses like candy 
They're giving them out to terrorists. They're giving them out to gang members. They're giving them out to drug cartel members. Anybody who wants one can get one. So they can not only commit crimes in our streets, they can vote. And they can vote to keep the people in office that want them to commit crimes on our streets. You don't care if they commit crimes on our streets. Now, if you'll recall, there's a federal judge here in Texas who recently ruled that the whole Obama granting of amnesty, the executive order, was in fact unconstitutional. Now, I was saying this from the beginning, because let's face it, the Constitution of the United States, look at you don't have a copy of my book of the Constitution yet, get a copy, because it explains all of this in detail. I take every uh, section, every article, every amendment of the Constitution, I put them in the books of the way they were originally written, and then I give an explanation of my comments about what they really mean. And when I talk about immigration, I point out that the Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution specifically gives the power to Congress to control naturalization of this country. And of course, naturalization means the making of someone into a naturalized citizen, but in order to get to that level, you're supposed to come in here legally. So Congress, of course, have said also controls the immigration policy. Nothing in the Constitution gives the federal, uh, the President of the United States any authority whatsoever to make laws on immigration. He is told by Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution, Constitution that he has to enforce the laws passed by Congress. It doesn't see, say he can decide which laws to enforce and which not to. It doesn't say he can make new laws. It doesn't say he can amend the laws. Yet he does, has done all of the above. And a federal judge has ruled that he cannot do that. And a federal judge granted an injunction stopping him and the administration from going forward with his amnesty plan. The case is right now in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. The United States Justice Foundation, we have prepared and filed a very strong brief in support of the 26 somewhat states that are suing the Obama administration to get this amnesty thing set aside. We have filed a brief there. We are fairly confident that we have a very good shot at winning. And then, of course, the case will go to the Supreme Court. But in the meantime, the injunction is still in place. And that's what they're trying to get set aside, the federal government. But why get it set aside? They're not obeying it anyway. Every day, the President of the United States is committing contempt of court by having the Department of Homeland Security go forward with the plans to naturalize these people, to give them IDs uh, so they can move towards naturalization, to give them Social Security numbers, to give them work permits. The judge was infuriated recently because he found out that since he issued the order, the Obama administration has issued 2,000 work permits to illegals in this country who shouldn't have gotten them. Under the court order, we're specifically prohibited from getting them. 2,000 work permits. Guess what the response to the Obama administration was? Oh, that was a computer glitch. We didn't actually mean to do that. That was strictly a computer accident. Boy, they have a lot of accidents in the federal government with computers. Thousands of emails erased by the IRS. Hillary Clinton emails disappear. The State Department wants... January to be able to release the emails they do have, and they judge, by the way, rule, no, you can't do that, give a Freedom of Information Act request, 
you have to act expeditiously. So you've got all these accidents. Now, anyone within the sound of my voice is smart enough to know that this was not an accident, that these 2,000 work permits were issued, and they were issued deliberately. The question is, what happens now? The judge said they shouldn't have been issued. Well, there are no plans by the federal government to take them back. They have said nothing about, well, we're going to cancel these permits, we're going to take these permits back. They are, In other words, what's happening here is the Obama administration is once again directly violating a court order, a federal court order, and proceeding with illegal activities and unconstitutional activities and activities that violate the oath of office of everybody involved in them, they're proceeding anyway. Why? Because he gets by with it. When the BP oil spill occurred in the Gulf of Mexico a few years back, Obama had his Secretary of Interior cancel all oil permits and future oil leases. A federal judge in New Orleans ruled that he couldn't do that. They went ahead with it anyway. Federal judge in New Orleans finally held the Secretary of Interior in, in contempt and ordered them to stop it. They went ahead with it anyway. The Supreme Court of the United States has ruled that the FCC has no control over the Internet, cannot regulate the Internet. Obama has told the FCC to do it anyway, and the FCC, which is made up of three Democrats and two Republicans, the Democrats as good little stormtroopers do uh, when they're marching in lockstep to the Fuhrer's commands, they voted to control the Internet. Now, that means it's just a matter of time before this show and other shows like it are shut down. Google, by the way, I understand, has already, because they, they're they pretty much uh, do whatever Obama tells them to do, too. They're also good little Nazis. Uh, Google is uh, taking conservative websites off of its list. So if you're, you want to search for a conservative website and you go on Google, you're not going to find it. They don't want to give them any publicity. So they're just removing them. They can't remove the website, but they can certainly remove a way to find that website. And I, I checked on this yesterday because I use Bing. I haven't used Google in years. But I use Bing, so I went to Google, Google search, and I checked, and my website is still on there. They haven't removed it yet, but a lot of the websites who reprint my articles that came up when I put it in Bing, what I did is I put in the name of my most recent article, uh, which is uh, basically about the gun control issue and expanding the assault. I put that in and put expanding the assault by Michael Connolly, and it, it came up on a number of uh, links to websites uh, where... My article had been reposted. When I put that into Google, most of those websites did not appear. Most of uh, mine was still there, but and some of them who posted it were, but some of the major ones were not listed. So Google is, you know, marching in lockstep with the Obama administration, and the FCC is not doing that are controlling the content on the Internet, controlling who has access, making it fair, supposedly, and, you know, that if I have that conservative guest, 
and they're going to tell me, no, you have to have liberals on the show, and you have to let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. You have to uh, turn over your show completely uh, on some occasions to the left. Otherwise, we're going to take you off the air. But more after this break. <clears throat> Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So we have DHS, Department of Homeland Security, working intently not to secure our borders, but to make sure that they are unsecured and to concentrate on putting people into the system. When I say into the system, I mean people can vote, people can get jobs. But people get Social Security numbers. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you heard about this yet, but the government has now admitted that when they give somebody a Social Security number, even if they're here illegally and violate our laws, that they are then able to file tax returns and get tax credits, even if they have never paid a penny into the system, even if they're working and getting money under the table and never reporting it. They're allowed to get tax credits, tax credits for their children, for them, unearned income credit. In other words, they get money, you and I, the money that we've paid into the system. These illegals are getting money from us simply because they're here illegally, simply because the government has said that they can file tax returns and collect. And they can also collect Social Security down the road, even if they don't pay anything to the system. They can get on Medicare even if they haven't paid anything into the system. So the whole thing is just running away at this point. <laughs> Excuse me. One of the most egregious things that I just really have heard about in the last 48 hours is the fact that 
while they're processing these illegals and while they're doing everything they can to help them get jobs, to get housing, uh, to get free food, free health care, etc., the people who are trying to enter this country legally are being put on the back burner. And this includes many people out there who are related to American citizens. There was an interview on Fox News yesterday of a gentleman who uh, lives in South America, is married to an Argentine citizen who has a couple of children and who wants to bring his family to the United States. Now, under the law, that's the law here, something that... Talking about the law here, citizens, and that's it, they're supposed to be, their requests are supposed to be processed before any other request, because these are American citizens, you don't have any members here. Instead, the illegals that have been granted amnesty by Obama, they have all been moved to the head of the list. American citizens have been kicked back out of and are being told to take 18 months to two years before their application is even considered, much less before they're actually allowed to bring their families into this country. So let's face it. If you're an American citizen, if you were born an American citizen, or if you went through the process properly became a naturalized American citizen, you are now a second-class citizen. The Obama administration has repeatedly shown that the most important people in the world to Obama is BFFs, as I point out in a recent article I did on the, my website, Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y.jigsy.com. And you can also access and read that article on our U.S. Justice Foundation website, usjf.net. Uh, those of you who haven't looked at it in a while, check it out because we've upgraded it. And we're getting articles posted a lot faster. And we're getting our briefs that we're filing in courts of appeals around the country and the Supreme Court. We're getting them posted. And we're posting current events. But you can check out that article, Obama's BFS, because in that I point out that his best friends are the Iranians, the Castro brothers in Cuba. Those are his BFFs, the Muslim Brotherhood who rarely visit the White House, even though that they have pledged to destroy anyone in the world, any country in the world that does not adopt Sharia law. And, of course, the illegals in this country. And, of course, the gang members and the rioters, the people that burned down their own community in Baltimore. They're on Obama's BFF list. And here, by the way, here's something else that's happening. And, you know, I keep bouncing around here, but these things pop into my head and I need to talk about them. Obama has decided that he needs to regulate all the police in this country. He's decided what equipment they can have. <clears throat> he's decided how they can do conduct their operations. Uh, he's already taken over Baltimore. The mayor there basically gave him carte blanche to take over the Baltimore police. Uh, I understand that uh, 
the murder rate in Baltimore has skyrocketed since the riots. Baltimore cops are afraid to arrest anybody. They're afraid to go on the streets and try to intervene in, in attempted murders. You better virtually have no police force operating in Baltimore right now. And this is when Obama's taking control of, personally, for all intents and purposes. He says, we're going to control the police. Now he's stepped in and is contemplating issuing an executive order barring state and local authorities from dealing with illegal immigrants. Basically, he's going to tell us in the state of Texas that not only is the federal government not going to help you, the Border Patrol not going to do anything. Excuse me, I'm fighting the allergies again this time of year. But not only is the Border Patrol not going to help us, uh, local authorities aren't going to be able to apprehend people coming across the border illegally. They're not going to be allowed to question people coming across the border about whether or not they're illegal. They're not going to be able to look for possible terrorists or gang members. This is what he is doing to our country. This is what is happening on a daily basis. And it's just going to get worse. We are going to be subjected to terrorist attacks. We are going to be subjected to more race riots. Because Obama personally pushes those. I mean, the mayor of Baltimore, a Democrat, told the police to stand down and let the demonstrators destroy things. I heard her say that. Then she claimed she hadn't said it, but I heard her say it, and they did. Demonstrators demonstrators did destroy things. They want that to happen in other American cities. I'm sure they welcome the chaos that happened in Waco, Texas over the weekend. And did, did you notice anything about that? Police officers shot some criminals. No riots in the streets. There was no demand for justice for the criminals. They were the white criminals, unlike Michael, who was black. The others in Baltimore, in Baltimore, New York, and there they had the demonstrations of the riots. Small stages of veterans. They're made up of veterans, American Legion, the S. Veterans. They do a lot of good charity work for the families. The wounded warriors and uh, the widows, widowers of, of people killed in combat, and the widows of veterans. These are good groups. But the other so-called one percenters, uh, the people like the banditos and the Cossacks, they are known to be essentially criminal organizations. The mafia, they operate as criminal organizations and they continue to operate as criminal organizations. That's what they do. They kill people, including each other. This thing that happened to Wakefield 
five a fight and then at each other. And then when the cops, the station nearby, some of them, when the cops arrived, they started shooting at police officers. Even a second, there was a, a click. So the way somebody was trying to shut me down here, and that wouldn't surprise me. But officers had to do. No civilians were injured. Police officers basically stopped further deaths. Nine died as they were all was the bike. But this brings up another question: the Obama push for gun control. Need to have gun control in this country. Well, I can guarantee you that if United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I'm frankly getting a little paranoid. And, you know, they say you're not being paranoid if they really are out to get you. But this has been happening about every other show for the last couple of months. And it's only happening to my show. And I do all of my radio interviews from the same location. And I've never had this happen. I've never been cut off in it during any other show. And the other day I did a show that lasted an hour and 45 minutes. No problem whatsoever. Yet somehow, and I just heard two distinct clicks before I went out, and I knew something had happened. And so David called me right back because he, he knew I'd been I'd lost too. So somebody is playing games. And you may not want to believe that, but I believe it now. I mean, if this had just happened once or even twice, that would be different. But this is happening virtually every time I do my show. I use the same telephone. I broadcast from the same room. There's nothing in this room that should interfere with it. And it doesn't interfere with any other shows that I do. So why this one? 
why is it just happening here <laughs> to this particular show? Michael, on that, uh, let's let's take our uh, last break right quick, right at the time, and uh, we'll come back to you. Okay. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was talking earlier about how the FCC would like to put me off the air, and right now they seem to be trying to put me off the air in my shows. And if you've been listening regularly and you've heard me go off the air before, See if you can think back and see what I was, if you can remember what I was talking about when it happened. I, it seems to me, and I could be totally wrong here, but it seems to me that when I start talking about the veterans' issues, about what Obama's doing to disarm the veterans, or when I was talking, talking about gun control, and if you've read my articles on my blog, you know that we've had attacks on our efforts to, you know, I'm talking about burglaries and everything else to stop us from putting out Freedom of Information Act requests on the Second Amendment issue involving the veterans. And it seems to me that that's when I'm most likely to get cut off when I'm talking about veterans' issues. So if I get cut off again in this segment, you'll know exactly why, because that's what I'm going to talk about now. And I have put, put up a new article on my website called Expanding the Assault. And I want you to go to read it. It's already uh, up on the uh, USJF website. That's USJF.net. You can go there and you can keep an eye on what we're doing. It's all the cases we're involved in. (laughs) Excuse me. And you can also go to the About Michael Connolly section, and there you'll find the link to my blog and website 
And there you can read about the, the books and find out how to order, by the way, copies of our Constitution. Uh, you can go also to www.constitution.jigsy.com and order copies of it. A lot of people order single copies. Uh, it's a $6 donation for a single copy. A lot of people order those just to carry around with them. And they're pocket size, so you can carry them all the time if you want to. And I was making a speech here recently, and uh, five of the people in the audience pulled out their copies of our Constitution and held them up and said, we carry these all the time. And they pull them out when their liberal friends say something stupid about the Constitution, like, oh, yeah, separation of church and state, that's in the Constitution. That's prohibited by the Constitution. The phrase is not in the Constitution. In my book that points this out. But go to your copy of the Constitution and look at the Second Amendment, and you'll see what the Second Amendment all is all about. It says, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon. And that's why I wrote this new article, Expanding the Assault, because not only are they after the veterans now, and the assault continues on the veterans, but they're after the civilian population. Now, I've been representing individual veterans in these cases for a couple of years now, and we continue to represent them. We don't charge them a penny for the work we do. We're being successful in some of the cases, and we're gathering a lot more publicity. The Daily Caller recently had an article on, on what we're doing. But you need to help us out here because we're spending a lot of money on this, and we have a lot more that we would like to spend. So if you want to donate, go to usjf.net, and there's a button on the top of the home page that says Donate to Us. Click that on. You can find out how to mail us a check or how to donate online. And you can also find out how to do monthly donations. And see, that's, that's a great big help to us. If you pledge to donate a certain amount automatically online every month, then we can do better do our budget and better figure out how many cases we can handle. Because the veterans' cases are not the only ones that are expensive. Uh, you know, it costs us money every time we file a brief. And we file this brief, as I mentioned, in Texas versus the United States on the amnesty business with Obama. We filed uh, briefs on the, with the Hobby Lobby case where we were successful along with, in supporting the successful plaintiffs. Uh, we have won several important Fourth Amendment cases recently or involved, been involved in winning them, and that's where your money goes. We have a very small staff, try to keep our overhead very limited. We spend our money on the cases. We don't go out and do a lot of traveling or entertaining or anything like that. Uh, I travel to make speeches, and that's all the traveling I do. So we go make these speeches, and we try to raise money when I'm doing it. So the speeches essentially pay for themselves, but we need your help. So go to usjf.net and look into donating to us. You can help us out. If you want multiple copies to hand out to schools, contact me, and I will work with you on giving you a special price on multiple copies. And you can also find out how to order multiple copies on the websites, www.constitution.jigsy.com or michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. And usjf.net is where you can also read the articles. And the one I put down about <clears throat> expanding the... A couple of things. 
jumped out at me. The have never received the letter. They have not been told that they have 60 days on to prove their own competence, which, of course, is a violation of the Fifth Amendment, a due process clause of the Constitution. But they are told that they are never been told to been declared incompetent. They found out when they went to, and here we go again, I just heard a click. I hope I'm still on the air. But the... Uh, never been told that they've been declared incompetent. They, in fact, go to try to purchase a firearm, and they're told they can't do it because they're on the mixed list for being mentally defective to being appointed to the dangers, being a danger to themselves or others. Then they're told by the FBI that there's not much the FBI will do. They have to sue the FBI to get off the mixed list. They're not even told why they're on the list, what precipitated other than the VA turned their names over to the FBI. That's all that's required now under their interpretation of the law. No adjudication of being mentally ill to the point of being in danger of themselves or others, just being turned over to the FBI by the VA. And then we confirmed with some of these veterans that they are, their families, their spouses, and their children are being told, since you live with a veteran who's been declared incompetent and mentally ill, and of course they're, they're not being declared mentally ill legally, uh, they're basing this incompetency on minor PTSD, maybe had been depressed at some time, ADHD, uh, if you were given medications when you got back from combat, if you're, just because you lost an arm or a leg, uh, you know, all this puts you on the next list. Having your spouses pay the family bills puts you on the next list. Having your bills paid automatically out of your bank account puts you on the next list. So all of this is happening to veterans around the country, and now their families are being told they can't own firearms either, or they're guilty of a felony. But here is a catch-22, and I want you to think about this, and I want you to talk about this to your friends, because this is what makes this all the more ridiculous and all really an effort by the federal government to use extortion against our veterans and now against the civilian population. Veterans told that even though they had been declared mentally incompetent to the point of being injured themselves or others, because of that can no longer own firearms, they can buy back their right to own a firearm if they give up their VA benefits. In other words, don't accept a check from the government anymore, a check that you're entitled to because of your injuries and you suffered in combat. Don't accept the check anymore. Give it back to us at the VA, and we'll let you have your firearm rights back. Very interesting, isn't it? These are people that are supposed to be dangerous, supposed to be dangerous to you and I. buy back their firearms rights? Well, that indicates that they're not dangerous in the first place. That's extortion by the federal government. When are they going to start using that on seniors? Taking away your Second Amendment rights but saying you can buy them back if you give up your Social Security or if you give them up Medicare. This is extortion by the federal government. Ladies and gentlemen, go to, to read that article 
at uh, michaelconley.jigsy.com or usjf.net. If you go to Jigsy, you can also check out my books. Uh, the Mortarman is on there, the book about my dad's unit during World War II. This is the seventh anniversary of the end of World War II. A lot's being celebrated this year. It's a good time to buy one of those books and give it as a gift or just to read it yourself about American history and about our fighting men. And, of course, you also get Amigali, A Story of America, which is my patriotic novel that the left hates so much. And you can read about my other books there. Thank you. And next, next week, uh, hopefully I'll be allowed to be on again. Talk to you then. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.